Hello, podcast listeners. This is another edition of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Bachevsky, and I'm about to sneeze. Oh, man. Nope, it's, it's gone. Weird. It might come later. Um, it is Saturday, the day before my birthday, and... It's a strange feeling because every year on my birthday, I realize I'm a year older, but I literally feel like such a child. And I was joking with my wife this morning that I'm actually just turning nine and not a year older than what I'm supposed to be. And uh, that's another good uh, question to ask me if you guys want to figure out how old I am. And, uh, anyway, I had a question come in through Instagram because a lot of people have been asking me, um, what the hell are pails and rails? And, uh, I use them a lot in my training for myself, my clients, my patients, and, It's been a while since I kind of explained this. I remember making a video at my house probably two years ago with my long ass hair, which is happening right now because I haven't had a haircut in like two months. Um, Anyway, pails and rails is an abbreviation for progressive angular isometric loading. Rails, same thing, but the first letter is obviously not a P, it's an R for regressive. So if I took myself into a 90-90 hip stretch, and if you don't know what that is, look up on my Instagram, I use it a lot, or just Google search 90-90 hip external rotation stretch. The progressive angle would be the one coming straight down, and the regressive angle would be on the opposite side. So you attack the hip capsule, or just the capsule in general if you're doing pails and rails for any other joint, both on the progressive and regressive angles of the capsule itself. Fancy way of saying that you're hammering out all the muscular tissue, tendinous tissue, the white stuff around the joint itself to influence it. So if you take the time to go through all the literature out there about how to gain more range of motion, flexibility, mobility, rehab, cellular stuff, physiology stuff, like dig deep into rabbit holes, you will find that for true, you know, lengthening of tissue, it needs to have one, time under tension where say you're stretching out your hamstring, like how everyone stretches, you know, that figure four thing, for a certain period of time before, um, actually it's an even better thing. If you ask anyone that's flexible, like say a dancer, and you're like, holy shit, you can lift your leg up above your head whenever you want, and it's like effortless to you. How did you get that flexible? This dancer will most likely go, I went to dance class every single day and I put my foot on that pirouette bar or whatever the fuck it's called for an hour and stretched it out. 
every day for the last 10 years. If you ask me, if we did that to anybody, they would get flexible. So that's one angle of flexibility training. Now, to understand flexibility, in my opinion, is looking at really flexible people, and they all kind of have one thing in common. They don't have full control of it. So if you look at a yogi that practices every single day, and it's been like a decade, guaranteed, if you chat with this yogi, they have some aches and pains, usually things like in their shoulders from doing prolonged handstands and always gain, trying to get a little bit more mobility. It's like, at what point do you need to be that flexible, right? Um, usually something to do with their pelvis and hips. And when I look at that, like that kind of flexibility where to the point where you're injuring yourself because you're too mobile is this whole concept of like your body's a Ferrari without any kind of brakes. So when I ask you to sh turn a sharp corner with this powerful engine of yours, you try to do it, but then you end up swerving and hitting a fucking wall. And that's where a lot of flexible people hit. So with this whole concept of pails and rails, it teaches your nervous system how to, um, one, create capsular tissue become a little bit more rigid, but also controlling that flexibility. Because a lot of times, when you become that flexible, you have bypassed the mechanism in your nervous system, in your brain, to tell you to stop. So going back to my example of the figure four stretch for your hamstring, the moment you get to your end range, and I put that in air quotes for those who are not watching, you have that feeling of like, oh, that's that's as far as I can go. You get that like initial like like pull. You're like, oh, damn, like that's that's as far as I can go. And you stop. But say you start breathing deeply, that feeling starts going away. It's another way to communicate to your nervous system saying that, hey, you can chill the F out, like I got this. I, I can go a little bit deeper deeper and your nervous system will give it to you. But when you're like a yogi or gymnast or dancer, you're constantly pushing those limits of how far you go, and eventually you bypass the wiring of your nervous system to tell you to stop. So sometimes you'll see yogis try movements or positions, and because they're constantly wanting more, sometimes the body doesn't have that response, and boom, you tear something. Right? They don't have that safety mechanism anymore. That being said, sometimes when I work with really, really flexible people and say they're a gymnast that tends to always dislocate their shoulder and you're like, holy shit, this person has no mechanism to tell the body to stop from going to certain ranges. So what do I do? I'm going to teach the nervous system how to stop by building capsular tissue, aka pails and rails. So if I have a gymnast that always um, dislocates her shoulder in, you know, shoulder abduction and external rotation, 
I'm going to take her shoulder into that position and do pails and rails. So then I can bulletproof, again, I'm putting air quotes in, her shoulder and teach her nervous system that, hey, when you get to a certain range of abduction external rotation, you need to stop. The nice thing with isometric contractions, like if you look at any literature about rehabbing tendons, for example, they give you low level isometrics, always. The reason being is that it doesn't produce a inflammation response. So an example I give to people all the time to understand this is like, say I'm doing a bicep curl. As I curl it in, I'm doing a concentric phase. And then when I pull it down, it's an eccentric phase. In those two phases, I'm creating stress on the tissue that surrounds the elbow joint and shoulder joint. When it comes to a low-level isometric, I don't get that response. So when I teach my kin stretch class every single day, I don't get um, sore from it because I'm doing low-level isometrics. No, y yes and no, but if I really wanted to trash my body, I could do a pales contraction at like 100% load if I really wanted to and probably get a little bit sore. But if I'm staying within my threshold, I will never get sore. My nervous system will not um, respond to that stress and be like, oh, I need to throw in these biological markers to make you feel sore the next day to slow you down. Right? As long as it's low-level isometrics, you're not going to get an inflammation response. So that being said, when I do pails and rails with just an average person that's looking to gain more mobility, one, we're doing a stretch for at least two minutes, which is kind of the baseline of how much time you need in order for those stretch receptors at a cellular level to wake up and start responding to each other to give more length. Then, if you couple that with a pales contraction and a rails contraction, then you'll be able to um, kind of respond back to the nervous system saying that, hey, I've held this stretch for about two minutes, I want this to be my new normal, give it to me. Pails and rails work beautifully in this situation. The more I do this, the more my nervous system becomes a pushover and goes, okay, fine, I will give you more range of motion. So to make it even more complicated, not complicated, more scientific, every day you wake up, at a cellular level, you have all these cells and ground substance within your muscle interweaved by the fascia and all the little crap that goes in between. The muscle is the engine, but the white stuff in between the muscle fibers is your transmission to make the muscle do whatever you want it to. In within that white stuff, you're trying to influence the white, um, the cellular at a cellular level. So the moment I wake up, I have all these new muscle cells 
looking for influence. If I don't feed it information of what I want it to do, it becomes dumb tissue. So if I wake up and do pails and rails along with my daily cars, I'm influencing all those muscle cells to function better or more efficiently. And this is where flexibility and proper joint control and joint function happens, right? Now imagine if you start doing kin stretch every single day, you're gonna influence that a lot. And funny enough, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, I posted a before and after photo. So I took a video that I recorded a year ago in July for my Ironclad Body Training System book. When I filmed that, I did a, um, what's it called, a seated internal rotation um, assessment. And my right side, no, yeah, my right side is my worst side. And you know, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I have been doing kin stretch five days a week for six weeks. I want to see if I made a difference. So I went to the same spot, got the same box I sat on, and did the same test. Huge difference. Probably increased my internal rotation of my right hip by 10 degrees. That is a huge difference. To put it into context, I was only doing two 30-minute kin stretch um, workouts a week before this, and now I'm doing it five days a week for an hour. Big difference. And, you know, the proof, proof, proof is in the pudding with this one. So hopefully that answered the question I got from Instagram about pails and rails and what it does and what the hell it means. If you guys have any more questions, feel free to reach out. Click the show notes, add me on Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. I love you guys. Until next time.